Hello everyone and welcome to Seek Go Create. This is your host for today's episode, Joshua Winders, but you can call me JK. I am so beyond thrilled to be bringing you the first ever episode of this podcast. Sans your usual host with the most, my father, Mr. Tim Winders. This is a pretty monumental moment for the podcast because it drives home the fact that this is not a one-man show. It's based on principle over personality, and I'm incredibly honored to be a part of this really special moment for Seago Create. And if you're joining us here again, it's so great to have you back. But if you're a first-time listener, welcome. It is just as thrilling to have you here with us as well. Just a little bit about myself and the Seco Create podcast before we get rolling along. This is where we redefine success and explore what it means to be all that you are created to be. And I know that that sounds pretty broad, but we do have some pretty broad talks with some pretty incredible people ranging from entrepreneurs creatives, ministers, and so many more. As, and as I said, this show is usually hosted by my father, Tim Winders. But much like my father, I am coming to you from the comforting space of my own RV, currently parked in beautiful, sunny southern Utah. My favorite place to get a nice, mild desert winter. I am a fellow digital nomad, like my parents. I'm a visual artist of many trades, photographer, writer, and the producer and engineer of this podcast. I am the one making sure that our little show is pleasing to your senses week after week. But today, I'm hoping to have my own conversation with you and subsequently nudge everyone to some deeper understanding of where we can all excel as we move forward from here. In the time that we've been bringing you this podcast over the past couple years, we have wanted to shake things up and bring you something different around this time of year. We have the Christmas holiday upon us and New Year's is coming up shortly after that. It's Traditionally a time for family and celebration, but also a season of reflection on the past year and grappling an idea of what the next year could bring. A couple episodes ago, my dad was joined by his wife and my mother, Glory Winders, for an engaging conversation. And the next episode will be taken over by my big sister, Dulcie, and her husband, my brother from another mother, Hunter. But today, it's just me, coming to you solo, joined only by a nice healthy glass of eggnog. We don't usually like to timestamp our episodes in any way, but this particular episode is coming to you just a couple days before Christmas. And I myself have been quite the fan of the Christmas season my whole life. It was always such an atmospheric time in our family. My mom was an expert decorator, 
that would turn our home into a winter wonderland that would rival even the North Pole. We had our traditions of opening one present on Christmas Eve, and we always knew what it was. It was pajamas every year. It was always pajamas. And I would always have the hardest time going to sleep because I was high with the excitement of seeing what Santa brought me the next morning. And then just before dawn, my parents would wait my sister and I to see the plethora of presents under the tree. We'd spend a couple hours basking in the abundance of toys, games, gadgets, and goodies. And then finally the oven would ding and present us with the heart-stopping sugary goodness that is monkey bread. The rest of the day would be spent playing with our haul of Christmas gifts until we gathered around the dining room table to talk about our goals for the coming year. Like any overachieving family. Sometimes these goals would come to fruition and sometimes they wouldn't say la vie. But I always found myself in bed on Christmas night already anticipating what next Christmas might be like as if I was still riding that wave of anticipation from the night prior. Year after year, the expectations kept building on each other. It really seemed like the decorations kept getting more extravagant, the presents kept getting more abundant, and the festivities felt more lively and jovial. But then there came a point probably around the time when I wasn't legally able to believe in Santa Claus anymore, where the reality of season wasn't living up to the expectations of the previous years. The decorations became a lot more minimal. The presents became more sparse and practical, like gift cards or socks. And that monkey bread just seemed to make us a heck of a lot more and more sluggish with age. It's not as if Christmas became worse, it's just it felt less than whatever structure of expectation was built in the previous year. Which leads me right into one of the principal questions I want to delve into during our time together on this episode. Are expectations good or bad? Which, if you know the answer, congratulations, you earned the ultimate big star. The rest of us are gonna take some time and dive into this quandary for a little bit. It's kind of hard for me personally, looking back on this year, because a good bit of what I see in my time of reflection are a bunch of uprooted plans and diminished ideas of so much good that could have come about from this season of life. For me personally, this year started with the goal of regaining the momentum that was lost in the year 2020. The year where everyone to some degree was knocked off the horse 
but there was something that didn't match up in the past 12 months. Some expectation or expectations that weren't met. Even more so than last year when everyone was experiencing their own tumbling house of cards. There was something that felt almost unstable about this year, as if I was on a bridge that was crumbling from both directions. Is that to say that 2021 felt like a bad year? I can't really say that. The same way that certain Christmases weren't exactly worse than previous ones. There was just that thing that made this year feel less than. So, what was it? Let's take a little recap into this year. Location-wise, it started out exactly where I currently find myself. In the southern Utah desert. I started out this year thinking about the places I wanted to travel to, the things I wanted to accomplish, the ways I wanted to propel my life forward. I set goals, dreams, expectations the way anyone would around the new year. One of even the first things that happened to me at the start was that I landed one of the biggest gigs of my photography career. A job shooting a campaign for Ram Trucks. They sent me a fully stocked four-wheel drive 2500 to capture while mobbing around the desert for 10 days. And I was ecstatic for this opportunity and came up with so many plans for where I would take that truck and what all I would do with it. I was determined to create one of, if not the best campaign that Ram had ever received. But in the midst of those 10 days, there were a whole plethora of stresses that hit the project hard. Some extra hands bailed, weather was uncooperative. And nothing really came and went as expected. When all was said and done, the photos may have come out pretty good, in my humble opinion, but they weren't what I had planned for them to be. But I guess that's just a part of being an artist. It's never going to be as good as what's in your head. Looking back, I don't so much wish that the end product could have turned out better. I just wish I could have had more fun with it. That I I could have been more present with it rather than caught up in the ideas of what it could have been. As springtime rolled around, I was feeling extremely parched and dry from my time spent in the desert. And I was pining for some replenish, something different, a a change of scenery. 
So I set my sights on the Pacific Northwest, hoping to bask in the lush goodness of the coastal regions. I had friends up that way, and we started making plans for photo excursions, backpacking trips, and just a slew of outdoor adventures. But then a couple months into my time in the Northwest, one of the biggest fire seasons that the West has ever seen started. And then right as the summer was about to get into full swing, the whole area started experiencing record-breaking temperatures. We're talking 110 and 120 degrees Fahrenheit. There was one day where Portland was among the top three hottest places on Earth. And when you're in a metal box like an RV in that heat, that's not a good time. Those temperatures were expected to last almost 10 days. And I made it in to one day of that heat wave before I decided to bolt in the night. Because, really, that was the only time when the heat was somewhat bearable to do so. The only place I could find to escape to where the heat seemed somewhat manageable was South Dakota. So I burned through the night and the next day to make a break for it. Stopping only for gas and to message my friends in those parts that I was sorry I was ditching them in that hell on earth. There was a part of me that was a bit optimistic about this change in the trajectory. Something that was excited about some unexpected, unplanned adventures on the horizon. This was liberation. This was freedom. I was unhinged from the plans that I had put in place for the year moving forward from there. But then like a perfectly timed joke, right around the point where I crossed the state line into South Dakota, my RV started to wobble ferociously down the interstate. I knew it wasn't the road because it seemed freshly paved. So as I continued to drive, I started to conjure up all of the things that could be wrong. I was almost afraid to stop and check because I didn't want to acknowledge that there was even a problem. But I finally pulled off in Sturgis to discover that one of my rear tires was completely shredded. I'd love to tell you that I handled the situation with maturity and dignity. I would really love to tell you that. But like the big man that I am, I called my parents. I remember talking to my mom, quite upset, and saying something along the lines of being completely spent with RV life and wanting to give it all up. But you know, we say the darndest things in the heat of the moment. 
My mom naturally wanted to rush to my side to fix all my problems. And she probably would have if it wasn't for my dad, who was just like, you're in Sturgis. Just go and find a tire shop and get it fixed. So I hung up, dusted myself off, and did just that. It was a few hundred bucks that I was not planning on spending. And I remember the mechanic, a tatted, greasly biker type. And as he was doing my lug nuts, he noticed my motorcycle perched on my back trailer, which if I haven't mentioned prior, I'm a motorcyclist. It is one of the greatest joys currently in my life. But he noticed my bike and said to me, bet you wish you could just take this thing off and rip it right about now, huh? Uh, Yep. In that moment, that really was the only thing I wanted to do. That's a situation that you can't really or at least don't want to anticipate. But I also think to myself, if something like that happened last year, could I have handled it any better than I did this year? Could my finances have handled it? Could my attitude and demeanor have handled it better? And I think that's a vital part of growth. Realizing that the problems you face come at you at a time when you're equipped to handle them. Ultimately, I got a nice brand new tire and settled in for a short stay in South Dakota. The RV park that I was staying at was mostly families and retirees. And as a young single guy, it wasn't really my crowd. It didn't feel like my kind of community. I spent a good two weeks in South Dakota, and that was probably the loneliest season of this year for me. In my solitude, I felt myself slipping into some not very healthy frames of mind. I was very lazy and lethargic, uninspired. It was not my idea of a fun time. But in my loneliness, I did, I did find myself reaching out to more and more people, one of which was a buddy in Montana. We were chatting about life feelings and my unhappiness in my current situation, and he put out the invitation to come out to Montana for a little bit. And in my mind, I was just like, there's an idea. It's one of my favorite places. I have community there. It absolutely makes sense to go and visit Montana. So once again, I packed up and headed to the Big Sky Country. 
And my buddy, he was he was gracious enough to let me park my rig in his family's driveway, which huge thanks to Chance, Kim, Aaron, and Chica for their love and hospitality. It was such a blessing in that season of life. I was initially planning on staying for just a few weeks, maybe a month. But then it turned into two months, then three, and I ended up spending four incredible, inspiring, and soul-nourishing months in Montana. I reconnected with good friends that in that time became best friends. I explored some of the most beautiful places in the country. I created some of the best art I think I've ever been able to create. And to think that this time wasn't even on my radar starting out this year. I was flowing in that season, and it felt so good. It felt like I was operating in a little more freedom, at least from the way I let my plans shackle me at times. Probably the most constant criticism that I receive from the people in my life is that I do not excel at having realistic expectations. And the annoying part about hearing that is that they simply point it out. They don't actually provide me any constructive feedback or action steps to ease me towards healthier tendencies. I've always had high standards. It's it's how my parents raised me. It's how this family has operated. And I didn't want to compromise them for anything. That does, however, lead to a fair amount of disappointment. Sometimes in people, sometimes in situations, sometimes even in yourself when you feel like you're not living up to your own potential. There's a lot of grace that comes in setting your expectations. When you have grace for the things you can't control, it almost settles you into a more neutral, free-flowing state. Maybe even a healthier state. I think it was Shakespeare that once said that expectation is the root of all heartache. And I kind of hate that quote because it seems so one-sided. We often forget that expectation does swing both ways, positive and negative. They're both met and unmet all the time. I remember a quote from a movie that our family used to really enjoy. 
Dodgeball, the true underdog story. And one of the main characters said something that we used to throw around the household ironically and maybe even at times not so ironically. It's, I find that if you have a goal, you might not reach it. And if you don't have a goal, then you'll never be disappointed. And I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. I'm maybe still trying to decide how much I agree with that quote. There is a definite beauty in that level of depravity. It makes you shake your head, but also makes you think at the same time. How do we deal with unmatched expectations? How do you deal with the disappointment? If we really knew, would we even experience it? I personally think that those feelings are a part of growth in and of itself. They maybe teach you what not to do or what to focus on moving forward. When you focus on the expectations, you lose sight of the present and where your current footing is. I find myself in moments thinking about where I might be come spring of next year and where I might go after that and after that and after that. And I forget to enjoy the warm desert sun in December. I do still make goals, especially around this time of year. I always think maybe this will be the year that I meet the love of my life. Maybe this will be the year I lean into stronger financial stability. I'll become wiser, softer, a better friend, a better son, a better sibling and uncle. I lean into an idea of betterment. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But oftentimes, the, the trajectory is the most important part of the journey you're on. I have some good expectations for this Christmas season. I'll be in the same RV resort with my parents, parked a healthy enough distance away. We'll spend some good quality time together. We'll toast some nice wine and maybe even a dram of scotch to a cheerful season and another year coming to an end. And if that's all that comes from this holiday season, that would absolutely be enough. Because after everything that's happened this year, I think I'm going to get exactly what I need. A lot of pruning has been done on my branches this year. I can't say that it's always been pleasant, but it's definitely refined my focus and vision looking forward. It's shown me how to envision a better future, one that 
I believe I can pull into reality. One of my favorite questions that someone has asked me recently is what the biggest takeaways or the best thing that I'm learning in this season of life is. And gosh, I really do love that question. I really do feel like I have learned so much about how to find the perfect balance of working and living in peace for my past, enjoyment in the present, and excitement for the future. I'm finding how vital it is to let go of all the bitterness and disappointment and even the the choices and decisions I've made that I'm not proud of or I'm still reaping the consequences of and to just press into the idea that I can be better and just do the work in myself and make it happen. Because I know full well that the world around me is only as beautiful as the world within me. And that if I'm not doing the necessary actions to cultivate a beautiful world within, I can't possibly expect anything better around me. I've definitely seen the very nasty parts of what happens when I don't do that work. Even this year, many times this year, it leads to a bunch of sadness and anger and leads me to project my problems and anger onto people in my life. And I get so mad at them and the circumstances and I get so caught up in my own feelings of the lack of reconciliation with the disappointment I encounter. But then I face just as many moments where I see the benefits of the work I put in and I'm reminded of of how much I love me and I love the life that I'm living right now and I can't change the things that have already happened. I can't change the things that didn't live up to what I built them up to be, but I can still dream about something just as beautiful. I can't change the weather, but I can change the scenery. I can change how I may sometimes feel disappointed by the actions of someone in my life, and I know I can't change them, but I'm going to love them regardless because I am in control of my vision and my heading moving forward. And I can create and cultivate that beautiful world where I can exist and the people around me can feel loved and inspired as well. I've been on both sides of that spectrum many times. Again, even this year, it's been a swinging pendulum between both sides. And I think it's a huge par for a course in spiritual work and faith life of how to navigate that spectrum that can lead to so many different discussions. And I know I'm still trying to learn how to navigate it for myself because it's really difficult thing to do. You know, stop expecting your life to be 
easily hand it over to you as a pretty little gift and start leaning into the idea of creating a life that is beautiful even when it's hard. It's all too easy to give up and move on to the next project or relationship or the next destination or the next group of people. It's hard to, it's hard to commit to something when you're still dealing with those little traumas of unmatched ex expectations of what they could be. I, lo I look back on some of my darkest and scariest times. There were seasons where I was numb to the idea of expectation. I felt like the script of my life was changing so much that I didn't even want to plan or dream for any future. And it's, it's not a fun space to spend any time in because you can quickly get trapped there. And I think I've discovered that even if the life you expect to lead moving forward doesn't turn out how you envision it, it's still worthwhile to dream about it. We're all about seeking the best sources of inspiration to lead the best possible life. Figuring out how to utilize it, create a way to bring that life to fruition, and going ahead and taking action towards stepping into that life. It really is an honor to be a part of bringing this podcast to you. I can't stress that enough. The support and engagement we've received along this journey has exceeded all of our expectations by leaps and bounds. It inspires and drives us to keep bringing you deep and meaningful conversations that challenge all of you and make you think about creating a more beautiful life for yourself and the people around you. It all means the world. And if this show of ours impacts you in any way, we do ask that you rate us, leave us some comments, share us with those you too think could benefit from the topics we talk about. We are gearing up for an incredible new year filled with growth, acceleration, enlightenment, and we want nothing more than for you to be a part of the journey with us. Be extra sure to turn into the next episode where you'll be joined by my sister and her husband, the Irvings. But in the meantime, keep being all that you were created to be.